Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betting Pros Podcast, brought to you by BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 when you use the highly original promo code BETTINGPROS with your first deposit. All right, here with me to talk NFL Week 15 Best Bets is Simon Hunter of the Action Network. Simon, uh, I listen to you every week on the Favorites Podcast with my former boss and your BFF, your companion, your compadre, Chad Millman. Uh, You guys are crushing it. You're having a great year with your picks, both for the picks contest and just in general. And I follow you in the action app, so I don't really need to ask how your season is going, but, you know, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah, it's been good. Usually if it's a good year for dogs and unders, that's going to be a profitable, profitable year for most professionals, right? So the fact that early on, it was just so good with the underdogs and the unders. It was like I would have really had to have laid an egg for the rest of the year for not to make a profit. But luckily, the dogs, they haven't been winning outright as much, but they've still been covering the number here down the home stretch. So just a really, really profitable year where the public, they've been taking on the chin for most of the season. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, underdogs uh, and I mean, it's been balanced more on uh, on the totals recently, you know, but those first couple of weeks the unders were totally smashing. Uh, and so that was a, a great runway for success for the rest of the season. And yeah, underdogs uh, still have been, have been the way to go uh, throughout the season. And, you know, Simon, you are a professional better. Uh, I think there are lots of people who think that they would love to do what you do, but you know, it's not as uh, it's not as glamorous as I'm imagining a lot of people would imagine it to be. Can you talk about like how you got started? Like h- how you got into the, I guess the, the quote unquote, like professional side of it, you know, like transitioning from someone who sports bets and does it profitably to someone who does it professionally. Yeah. I would say I got lucky where it was just kind of one of those things in life where I always kind of met the right people and then took advantage of the situation. So I sports bet um, ever since I was a kid, like my earliest memory when everyone, someone ever asked me was uh, that Titans Ram Super Bowl from a lifetime ago where okay. the guy got tackled at the one yeah. and I had uh, the Titans side. So that my first bet ever of my life, I lost against my brother for whatever it was a dollar. Uh, he won by one, one yard line on the uh, Rams there. So that was something where I got like the itch of it. Uh, did it through high school, always lost. I was your classic lemon. Like even if I won big, right. You'd have like the nice three, four week run of you doing all your stupid parlays, whatever it was. And I always eventually would go back to the book. You know, I just would always, I was one of those sports better. So didn't really take it serious. Um, and then when I was 21, I was working in TV and I happened to be in Vegas. And I met a guy just at the table. We were talking and he didn't tell me exactly that he was a sports better, but kind of like reference. That's what he did for a living. And not that we hit it off, but it was just like a friendship of, yeah, let's go grab a beer sometime. Let's go grab dinner. And that's kind of how I started off my relationship with, uh, I guess I call my mentor, Bob. And, it might have been, um, I don't know, three weeks into me and him talking where he was like, would you ever want to be a runner? And explain to me what that was, which is basically someone gives you a bunch of money and they tell you what their picks are going to be. And they tell you which sports books to go to and what, how much to bet at these sports books. And you take the set cash they gave you. You go there and make those bets for them. And you can make your own bets. You can take their picks. Like, they don't mind. They just want their own bets. You get the tickets. You bring the tickets back to that person. So that's one of those where it's a job of trust, right? Someone's giving you money. That was kind of thing where he offered me a job on trust. Uh, I turned it down at the time just because I was in TV and I was making a good living. And again, I didn't really know much about sports betting at 21. Um, So then follow up three months, I was just burned out on my job. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, is that offer still stand? And he said, yeah, but you'd have to move back to Vegas. So ended up moving back there and 
man, this might have been the winter of 2011, uh, mm -hmm. like heading into the spring of 2011. And one of those where it was kind of eye opening. It was like one of those things I realized, oh, these are real people that do this. And there's a whole little underground world here of them doing it. And there's a bunch of little secrets and uh, tricks that they all do. But the biggest thing, the boom of the time I came in was the building of models. So mm -hmm. the internet had been around for a while at this point. I mean, social media had been taken off at this point, like Twitter, Facebook, everything, 2011, 2012. Um, the big thing to me was Reddit. I really got into Reddit and talking to all these other people on there that were, you know, amateur gamblers. And so I was running for Bob and these other guys. I was talking about these models and they're like, yeah, we know about models, like build a model out and then we'll see how it works, blah, blah, blah fell on my face the first year like I did a model um that was probably my first time ever going straight up broke I was bang I lost all my money my, my first year out there in Vegas and that was the kind of thing where it was like yeah I was making money off of their picks but I tried being what I think most of us are where it's like oh I know the sport I've watched football I know what I'm doing yeah where I you don't <laughs> you really don't the more I feel like the more you watch the more you get tricked into it where it doesn't really matter what you see it's all about the numbers and that's what I kind of learned the hard way where it's like I need to start really trusting the model and started stop trusting my own opinion. Um, Cause I didn't know anything at the time. So that was a tough year. Fast forward to, uh, so that was 2012 football season. Fast forward to 2013, they bumped me up full time. So I went from being a runner to actually working with the other analysts and the other guys making bets for a professional sports group. And I, I was young, especially at the time I was very young for that position to be in. And it was one of those where like, if you're hungry enough, if you literally don't want a life and you put in the time, you do get rewarded back in this business. You yeah. really do if you put in the time. Um, and I just dove in. So I just remember like I really dove in that year with my model. Got really lucky that year. The guy who was our, he pretty much ran our little pod, the guys who did the NFL work. He got fired for giving picks outside the group, which is like a big no-no in the uh, gambling world where it's like, yeah, I can give out my picks on my show, but I already gave those out to said clients hours or days beforehand, which is mm -hmm. like, no, no problem then. Cause they already got the best of the number. This guy was selling picks on the side, which is a huge no, no. So luckily stepped in, it was me and another guy. We pretty much were head to head for one, one job position for the rest of that season. I won out at my, and my specialty isn't again, I'm not the best game to game guy where there's some guys who bet one unit every game. That's not really my specialty. My specialty is there's certain games and spots I'm really good at maximizing opportunity on and picking those spots and putting a decent amount of money on. So kind of separated myself with him there where they preferred that style to his style. Um, so then by 2014, I was a full-on quote-unquote professional where it was like, okay, I was making my living, making bets and selling picks. And then I try to explain to people all the time, I do bet my own money. When I'm talking about betting huge amounts of money, that's my group's money. Like you pull mm -hmm. all the money together. The same yeah. thing with the guy who bets cricket for us or the guy who bets um, women's soccer or women's basketball. We all take money from the same pool that we try to grow. So that's that's something most people understand where it's like, yeah, I'm betting my own money, but we're as a group trying to make a money, making money together. That's the whole point of all working professionals together. It's a, mm -hmm. a big pool of money. Well, so you, you talked right there about it, it's a group uh, it's a group effort, uh, yeah. syndicate for lack of a better word there, but can you, so this, this money, I'm just kind of curious about it. Uh, is it, you know, kind of third party investor? Is it everyone pulling their money together? Like, how does that work? So the third party would be, say I, 
especially here in New Jersey. I mean, that's a whole other story. But I basically built out an incredible network here in New Jersey of runners. So in Vegas, there, if you're lucky, there's six to seven books that will take bets from professionals, even runners. New Jersey, we have over 20 sports books. And not even that, I'm right next to New York, legalized state, Pennsylvania, legalized state, Delaware, which is kind of illegal, and Maryland, where they've just legalized it, and Connecticut, which is legal. So it's a lot of areas for betters to get money down. So say my group, um, we want to get down a huge bet. Someone wants to get down a huge bet on an NBA, NBA game tonight. But in Vegas, that's really hard to do, especially without bringing attention to you, and they're going to move the number against it. That's where the pulling of the money works out, where I have a lot of money here. I can put it in out of the pool, and when it wins, you can put it back in the pool of money. So say at the end mm-hmm. of the year – you kept track of how much money you made for the group and how much money you put into the pool. You get a kickback of that percentage. So even if you had a down year, you luckily are still going to get money back from the pool. Obviously people rarely mm-hmm. have down years, but that's kind of what it is. It's not so much of, um, we all know we're not going to become, you're not going to become multi, 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 multi million. You're, like, you're not making hundreds of millions of dollars betting in a year. Right. Yeah. So if you're lucky, a great year for me would be, to say my pool was a million dollars. If I could return just $2 million, that'd be an amazing year for me. Um, but if I did that with my clients, that'd be a disaster year because these people are betting way bigger money. So I think the pool, the, the whole point of that is it's to help everyone like in the group. So it's like, I can make my own money, but if I can make everyone else money, that's great. Cause in the off season, I don't, I'm not working. I don't know NBA. I don't know these other sports. I still want bets. I still want to be making money. That's what's great about pulling the money out where it's like, okay, this guy's having a great season NBA. I don't even have to make bets on NBA. I can just make money off him. So it's kind of thing where it's, it's as if we're paying for Pittsburgh, we're getting them for free. Right. It's yeah. like, that's, that's kind of the benefit of it. But the negative of it is, yeah, if someone's not pulling their weight a year in year out, they'll get let go. So that we've, we've really never had any of those kind of issues, but um, yeah, I would say people that want to get into this line of work, it's really hard nowadays because the lines have been blurred where like anyone can make a model. Right. I mean, that's, that's the great thing about the internet where it's like, we all can make models. You don't need to be in this underground world where like most of my stuff is tips. Like a lot of, if I'm making a big bet, it's either I'm hearing something or a group I know and is well respected. They've taken a position on a team. And I know that's a huge advantage. I mean, the, my biggest bet of the season so far was Dallas versus the Vikings. The Dallas were a favorite on the road in Minnesota and no one in the world understood that line. And that was one of those where it's like, I started betting that Sunday night and then didn't stop betting until Saturday, uh, Saturday at night. So it's like, I got down a lot of money because I was able to bet it all week without bringing that much attention to me. I feel like that's what makes guys professionals where, you know, most amateur bettors, they're just, they're scared to do something like that. They're scared to take those bigger risks. So mm-hmm. I always tell people that's the hardest part of it is kind of the sleepless nights and the never ending work. I mean, you're married, so you're, you're living a pretty normal life. I have no kids. I'm not married. I'll literally, I'll put in 80 hour work weeks. Like I'm literally obsessed where I think even you get it too, where there's some nights where you just wake up and you just, not even that you just want to work, you just enjoy it. And you just put the work and then you go back to sleep, whatever it is, I'm obsessed with it. So I feel like if you, if you do this and you can handle the stress of it, I feel like anyone can come a professional. The hardest part is money management. And like, yeah. that's something we didn't even talk about, but that's like, probably the biggest, the biggest deal about being yeah. a pro better. You know, okay. So uh, we will get to the, the best bets for the, the week. Uh, a couple things here. One, I think it's wonderful that you think I have a quote unquote normal life. Uh, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely do not have a, a normal life, but uh, the, the second thing, so you mentioned that Cowboys game on the road 
in many uh minnesota yeah um what was it about that game uh if i could say like other than the fact that the the vikings were fraudulent <laughs> what was it yeah. about that game other than that that made you look at the situation and say this is the spot where i'm going all in and i gave out like people can listen to my show it's free i gave out my secret sauce years ago and people still don't listen to it it's the o-line d-line that's where i really do make my money where yes quarterback is the most important position on the field but so much of this game is just played within the trenches of the O-line, D-line. And that yeah. discrepancy of, I think I at the time had the Cowboys graded as my number one, number two, D-line. Because yeah. um, I think this was before the 49ers really took off. Like, both had just come back. So I had the Eagles at one, Dallas at two. And then I had at 30th, uh, the 30th ranked O-line was the Vikings, just because they had injuries to their offensive line. Yeah. So that was a huge mismatch where it's like, okay, that's, that's a great sign. Then once I got approval from my group, it was like, okay, we'll back this. Cause I say all the time, I, not that I'm young. I mean, I'm old. I'm in my thirties now, but there's just guys who've been doing this, you know, they're in their sixties, seventies. They just know it, it, it is bizarre. There is no model. They just know these spots and these situations. And that was one of those where like, I was getting the head nod from a lot of veteran guys were like, yep, this is where you, this is where you take Dallas. Now do we know Dallas was going to win? What was it? 40 to eight? Yeah. No. Well, you did expect that to be semi blow like them win by a touchdown or at least two touchdowns just because such a bad matchup for that Vikings team. So that is um, one of those things where I'm trying to get better at like these, not swallowing my pride, but like listen to the old, the older guys, because just the new wave, everything's modeled out. It's like, you know, I'm always going to trust the numbers over an older guy's opinion, but when it matches up together, I feel like that's, that's the best thing. When you have the old school and new school that align on things, just because, they tend to always be right. Even though we have the technology, they've just seen it all and they know what to look for. And they're usually right in those positions. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me think of, uh, I don't know if you ever read any of uh, Taleb's books, um, but you know, he'll talk about the um, kind of like the old traders that he met whenever he got into, uh, in, into derivatives trading. And uh, I, I think commodities futures trading and how like they didn't have any models, like, but like they they were always right. You know, like they just had sort of this intuitive sense from having done it for decades about where a market should be, like where the price would go and should go. Uh, so it, it, it makes me think of that. Um, all right. So last episode, Pat Fitzmorris and I broke down the three Saturday games. There's been some notable line movement in the Bills game. Oh, by the way, speaking of the Bills, we're giving away a free signed Isaiah McKenzie Buffalo Bills mini helmet from Pristine Auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now and comment below on the video. We will announce a winner in a future episode. So check out the episode for the Saturday games. In this episode, Simon and I are highlighting our favorite bets for the Sunday games, and we will touch on Monday Night Football because, you know, it's it's Aaron Rodgers at home off of a bye, and I can't help myself. But for more information, check out my best bets piece at Betting Pros, which has my projected spreads for every game. Simon, one game that you are on, the Jags plus four hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Talk to me about what you see in this game here. Yeah, not only is it a good spot to take the Jaguars just because they're a team that seems to kind of be figuring out what they are down the stretch here. The, the Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, coming into the season, I thought that was going to be a great combo. The fact that he's going for him, such a terrible coach to a Super Bowl winning coach. Like, there had to be a big bump there. But there was bumps along the way, right? They had so many games, they just couldn't close it out. And I do, as much as I want to put that on Trevor Lawrence, I put that on Doug. But the biggest thing here is the fact that Doug knows the Cowboys so well. I mean, he played Dak 
Man, I have to look back, but I think he played him eight times in his career. He just has seen a lot of film and he's played against Dak a lot. He knows exactly how to defend Doug. I mean, Dak in a sense that he, he knows this Cowboys team. But the other side is, this is a great look ahead spot for this Cowboys team. This game does not really matter to them. No one matters to them next week against the Eagles on Christmas. That's the big deal. I mean, we already got, was it Parsons I was talking about, Hurts, right? Yep, Absolutely. <laughs> So you, you already have Cowboys guys talking about an opponent that's a week out. It's a look-ahead spot. It really is for this Cowboys team. And then for the Jaguars team, they can't afford to drop any games. This is kind of everything for them where this doesn't really matter that much to the Cowboys. I feel like they already know they're locked in at the highest wild-card seed. They're by far the best team. They're better than the Giants. They're better than Washington. They're going to end up being that fifth seed unless somehow they do win out and the Eagles drop two here. But I, I look at a matchup here of, okay, I know exactly what the strengths are of this Dallas team. Their run game is incredible. We've seen it. Their wide receivers, even even when Gallup has had a down year, he's still a big body, strong receiver. But the weakness is, not that it's so much a weakness as their secondary, but we've seen it last week. They, they're they able to get, get – people are able to get downfield in the secondary. Like that, that Diggs, he is an incredible turnovers machine, but we've seen big body receivers kind of get downfield in this Cowboys team. That's what you have in the Jaguars. Like Zay Jones, shockingly, has been one of the better receivers. Even in fantasy-wise, he's been really standing yeah. up these last couple of weeks. So that's one of these things. You're looking at Jaguars team. The question is what we're getting from Trevor Lawrence, and that's fair. But this is four points. Like, this is kind of ballooned up, or this is probably closer to three points. But the fact that the public is still like, I don't really know about this Jaguars team, where on the flip side, just two weeks ago, Dallas was viewed as a top two, top three team in the NFC. So to me, we're just getting three points in a matchup that – I don't really know how serious Dallas is going to be taking this. Like they know on Christmas, that's the game against the Eagles. This game, it's kind of a tune up for them. It's interesting. So I, I haven't bet it, but I have the Cowboys projected at minus six here. The wow. thing is I see weaknesses in their defense and there's a chance that I'm not accounting enough for some of the injuries that they've had. Right. Uh, and so, you know, the Cowboys number one in, in a defensive pass DVOA, but they could be without all three of their starting quarterbacks. Jordan Lewis is out. Anthony Brown is out. And now Trevon Diggs is dealing with a thumb injury. He's probably going to play, but like there are issues with him anyway. Like the best feature that he has is intercepting the ball. It's going to be a lot harder to intercept the ball when he's got a thumb injury and he can be burned deep. And as you mentioned, yeah, that Jags team, they have taken a significant step forward over the past six weeks. And, you know, part of it was, you know, Trevor Lawrence was throwing some ill-timed interceptions earlier yeah. in the year, especially in the red zone. He's cleaned that up. I mean, no interceptions, I believe, in the past six weeks for him. You know, like he is really starting to look like the guy who was the number one pick. Like, fantastic step forward for him. And so there's a chance with – the injuries on the Cowboys defense and then the strides that we've seen out of Jacksonville in the past five or six weeks that I haven't accounted enough for that in my model. So even though I'm showing value on the Cowboys at minus six, I haven't bet it yet because this just, it feels like a spot where I kind of know this might be where my, my model isn't getting it right. Yeah. It's, uh, that to me is why the line moved though, is because of the defensive injuries. Like it yeah. just, I haven't talked to any pro groups. I don't know. I haven't heard anyone coming heavy on the Jaguars just because there's other dogs they like better this week. But that's why I want to grab this number early. Like you could have grabbed just 12 hours ago it was four and a half. Now we're seeing it come down a little bit because of these these injuries to Dallas. I mean, that's a big deal to have guys out in your secondary where that's pretty much what Jacksonville wants to do. They want to attack the ball downfield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. A, a game that I like here. 
I don't know if I'd say I, I like it, but I bet it. Uh, the Steelers plus three on the road at Carolina. And, you know, some of this is like the, I wouldn't say this is a, a Mike Tomlin rah-rah spot, but, you know, Tomlin is an underdog. That's historically, you know, a, a good spot to be 49-27-3 against the spread as an underdog. Even Mitch Trubisky as an underdog hasn't been horrible. Like the the rare spot where he's actually been profitable against the spread, 15-11-2 against the spread as an underdog. And then Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold should almost never be a favorite, uh, a favorite at, at any point. 20-30-1 uh, against the spread as, an, uh, as a favorite uh, is Sam Darnold. Uh, sorry, four and eight against the spread as a favorite is Sam Darnold, 20, 30, and one against the spread for his career. Uh, and, it, you know, I think this is a buy low on the Steelers and a sell high on the Panthers kind of spot. The Panthers are coming off of a, a really good 30 to 24 road underdog win against the Seahawks. But, you know, Darnold, he had just 5.8 adjusted yards per attempt in that game. That's right in line with his career average. It's not like he did anything to win them that game. And, uh, you know, the the Panthers, as great as they've been recently, 6-2 and two against the spread under uh, interim head coach Steve Wilkes, uh, they're 0-3 against the spread this year as favorites. Right. They've been doing a lot of their damage when they haven't had expectations in the market. Now they actually have expectations. And I don't see that going well. Uh, Wilkes, uh, 0 5, uh, 0 2 actually against this spread uh, when he was a, a head coach with the Cardinals. Uh, it's a small sample, but it's kind of convincing in that like they got shellacked in both of those games when he was a favorite. Uh, they, they failed to cover the spread by a margin of 13.25 points uh, in those games. So, you know, Wilkes, when he's been favored, hasn't uh, really been a good player. And, you know, so just a, a prime spot to sell high on the Panthers. And I think it's a good spot to buy low on the Steelers. Uh, you know, last week, uh, kind of demoralizing 16 to 14 loss as home favorites against the Ravens uh, who were playing without Lamar Jackson. You've got Kenny Pickett in the concussion protocol. It seems highly unlikely that he plays in this game, but Trubisky, you know, he's a veteran. He's better than Sam Darnold. Uh, and so I think the Steelers have the edge at quarterback. They've got the edge at coach. And I think the Panthers have a mediocre home field advantage. So if you give me plus three with the Steelers against a bad team, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I would say your your thinking here is right in the sense that this line is this line moved a ton just based off what happened last week. Where, yeah, Carolina went to the Seahawks; they kind of dominated and blew them out in that game. On the flip side, Pittsburgh gave that game away. I mean, three turnovers. I think two of them were in the red zone and a missed field goal. They lose by three. What would this number have been if Steelers had won? Probably wouldn't be up to this what number it's at now. Yeah. The fear for me is just the fact that I feel like you just touched on it, where it's like Carolina. They're still playing for something. I don't really know what Pittsburgh's playing for at this point. It kind of feels like that was their season last week. Now we're hearing rumors Mason Rudolph might start, and teammates are asking for Mason Rudolph to start. Makes me a little worried here with this uh, the yeah. Steelers the Steelers bet. Um, Carolina, they could be that team. Like down the stretch, they make a run, and they make the playoffs somehow, where I'd left that in for dead, too. Like Sam Darnold coming in, I mean, I couldn't believe what happened last week. Maybe that was more about Geno having a bad game, the fact that Carolina ran for 200 yards, but you're right. It's it's a good position to be in. You're getting three points against Sam Darnold, where there are a ton of expectations right now for this team. So I, I yeah. get where your head's at. I just, I personally, I haven't touched this one. Yeah. All right. One game you do like: Bucks Bengals under 44. Here, uh, talk to us about what you're seeing. Yeah, one of the biggest, stinkiest, fishiest lines of the week. I mean the the fact that. The Bucs are only getting minus or plus three at home. I don't get it. I, I make this line six. 
So when there's situations like this where I'm way off on a line and the pros are telling me, no, you want to be on the Buccaneers here. I said to them, I figured you guys are just blindly fading the Bengals because the Bengals are overvalued. We all agree the Bengals. I mean, what is it? Five straight, six straight covers. I think they're 11 and one ATS their last 12. It's been incredible. The public has been getting very fat off betting this Bengals team. But I look at this Buccaneers team, I just cannot back them. So I'm looking for a huge advantage here. It's going to be the total. The Bengals, their defense has been one of the best defenses all season. I know they don't get talked about because Joe Burrow is that guy. This is a defense that's only given up one touchdown in the second half all season. That's insane, the fact how far we are into the season. They're still playing so well. Buccaneers offense struggles. So if I'm looking at a matchup of, yeah, the, the, the Bengals moved the ball last week. But you saw that was a big deal, though, that Chase was their only healthy receiver. Without Boyd out there, without Higgins out there, I just don't have that expectation that Joe Burrow put up a ton of points against a Buccaneers defense that usually plays stingy at home. Flip side, I just don't know how the Bucs are going to score. I really don't. Like, I look at their offense. Not do, not only do they have really bad drops, it's it's everything with Brady right now. He's not comfortable in the pocket, which you rarely see with Brady. So the, the fact that the total was hung so high, it took it at 40, 45 took it at 44 and a half now it's down to 44 i would still bet it i honestly would take it down to 43 but that's when i would probably start flipping once it gets down to 42 and a half but i still think you're getting a good value and they're calling for some rain uh on sunday so a game to keep your eye on if you do want this total on the under interesting so i have this projected at 43.4 so i'm not you know i'm not all that far off from where the market is now but to your point it it opened higher and it, it has been bet down uh, one thing that gives me a little bit of a pause here, and, and you're right that, uh, I mean, this has been a stingy defense for the Buccaneers, uh, and in part because of the defense and then their offensive inability to put up points, this yeah. has been an under team throughout the entire season, one of the most profitable teams to the under. The defense isn't quite as healthy as I would want it to be. So Jamel Dean, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to be out with a toe injury. At least he missed practice on Wednesday and left last week early. I'm a little skeptical that he plays. Uh, Carl Nassib is dealing with a pec injury. You know, Vita Vea dealing with a calf injury. Uh, and they've got other injuries in the secondary. And some of those guys, you know, there's a good chance that they will come back, but I'm not sure they're going to be at full health. So with a defense that isn't as isn't as healthy as I would want it to be, and like the offense is part of it for the Buccaneers, certainly, but the defense, like they are going to need to be able to slow down the Bengals or, you know, I could see the overhitting here. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I see the side, like I lean towards your side. I just, I haven't bet it because I'm just not as confident in the defensive health. No, it's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. One other game here to talk about. And this, this is disgusting. I just got to say that I, I have, if there's one team that I should never bet on again this year, it's the Raiders. And I I've said it like almost every week, you know, especially like last week after the choke job against the Rams, I was like, okay, I'm never betting on them. Uh, I can't do it again. Of course I said that the month before when they lost to the Jeff Saturday led Colts and it was like, okay, I just, I, I can't bet on this team again. And I, I do it again. I do it again. Like, it seems like every week I look at my projections, I look at the matchups and I see value on the Raiders. And so you like uh, Las Vegas here, minus one. This number is kind of fluctuating between plus one, minus one on the Raiders. Uh, I like I like the Raiders too. I have this number projected at uh, Raiders favored by 1.25 points. And so, you know, if this is on the other side uh, of one uh, or other side of zero, I see value in it here. But talk to me uh, about the Raiders because like I'm with you. It's just, it, it hurts my heart to be on this side. 
Yeah, we're all. I mean, we're getting sucked in. I'm, I'm right there with you. Where like I can't get this reg, this Vegas team right. They're just one of those teams that, you know, even when you're covering, you've been you you you've bet on them this year. Everyone has had this feeling. You're up by fourteen. You got no worries heading into the fourth. They keep losing. They've had four games this year. They've lost that exact scenario. So, I I'm looking at a team that this has to be the lowest we're buying on them. Like they got embarrassed in a primetime game on Thursday. They've had a whole week to sit on it. I mean, a whole ten days to sit on it. The, the pause, I guess the pause for most people is going to be, what kind of Vegas team are you getting? Because week to week, it is tough to know what you're getting. But the reason I like the value on them is the fact that they are getting Waller back and they're getting Hunter Renfro back. And that's a big deal to this offense. We've seen that's really a safety blanket for Derek Carr. I mean, yes, he loves Adams. We saw what happened, though. If you take away Adams, he kind of gets a little flustered. He looks a little lost. Now you're bringing back his other two biggest receivers. We expect Jacobs to be healthy as well. Now, after having an extended rest, he could get right. That's just a really strong, I mean, offense. And especially here against the Patriots team that we've seen them struggle against these high-powered offenses. I mean, you go through it. The Patriots this year, the teams they beat up on, it's when they have backup quarterbacks in. 83% of their wins, 83% of their wins this season have been have come against backup. So I can't overlook that, but I I'm with you. Like I I, I felt sick betting this, but it felt like I had to make this bet. It was plus one. I took it at plus one. It's down to minus one now in most books. I'd still take that. To me, under three, you're getting good value here. Is It's it's a big deal. The fact that the Patriots are coming in, you know, they lost one of their receivers. They lost their top running back. And they're getting against a Vegas team that's actually getting healthier now. Um, to me, that's that's the big deal in this matchup where the Patriots need to split this road games. They needed to either beat the Cardinals or Vegas. I just can't see them going 2-0 and on this road trip. I could see them dropping this game here. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more certain that Waller returns than that Renfro returns, but there's a chance both of those guys suit up this week. Yeah. And, and and if that happens, then I certainly am feeling much better uh, about the <laughs> right. Raiders. Do, do you have a sense, you know, like, okay, historically, we have seen assistants, former assistants or players who were under Bill Belichick at some point actually have success against him. Uh, I don't know if I would want to extend that to to Josh McDaniels, but right. like that potential dynamic is there. Do you have any thoughts on the the sort of the chess game matchup between Belichick and his his former protege? I would if he was running the same scheme, but he kind of totally changed his scheme up. Josh McDaniels, he changed his scheme to fit Derek Carr's attributes. So the fact that Belichick won't really have an advantage in that that department is is a big deal to me. Then you yeah. look at the other side where. I don't know the defenders the Patriots really have to slow down this team. If this was outdoors in New England, man, that would be great for this New England defense. But this is indoors in Vegas. We've seen how Vegas performs at home on that turf. So it's just a big advantage to me to that to that Vegas team to be at home. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sunday night football here. Commanders hosting the Giants. We are on opposite side of this game, although I got to say, I don't feel great about the Giants position that I have, but uh, you like the Commanders minus four and a half uh, in a rematch uh, of a game that we saw just two weeks ago. And so an interesting dynamic, you have the Commanders preparing for the Giants, playing the Giants, going into the bye, coming out of the bye and playing the Giants. It's like they've had 21 days to prepare for this game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the matchup we see here? Yeah, absolutely love watching. This is going to end up being my, probably my biggest bet of the weekend. It's all all pointed towards it where everyone you talk to and on the streets, I, any guy you talk to in the business as well is going to love the Giants. They're like, yeah, they're getting four and a half points against a team they just tied two weeks ago. Why look at from other where it's like 
that was the game the Giants needed to steal. Like that was their opportunity. They, they didn't do it. Like that tie, that was no good for them. Cause to me, Washington, they let that one get away this week. They're not going to, this game to me should be closer to six. The fact that it is four and a half, there's good value there on Washington. It's a primetime game. It is not going to shock anyone. 90% of the money, 87% of the tickets right now is coming on the Giants team. So all the money, all the bets are coming on the Giants. This number is just sat at four and a half all week. And it's going to keep sitting there all week because once they move it to four, pros like me and a lot of other guys, they hit the four right away. And they bumped it right back to four and a half. So this is going to be one of the bigger pros versus Joe's games. The public will be all over on the Giants and what they assume will be a close NFC East battle on Sunday night. And to me, I look at this Washington team that they are – not in a great spot to just dominate this Giants team, but it's every, it's all there. Like, they're rested. Like you just said, they had 21 days to prepare for this team twice. Like, that's a big deal. You don't think that's a big deal. It's like, okay, the Giants had to throw out their game script, play the Eagles, get dominated by the Eagles, and then turn around and play this game where Washington, they got to relax, get their bodies right, and then just prepare for them all week. So, I love this number. I would take it up to six. That's a, that's a big number. Six is big. I, I mean, I, yeah. Oh man. Green it's, lizard Heineke, man. Yeah. I, I also have, I mean, I've interest in this uh, on the under and uh, looking at it right now, I believe it's around 40. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts on the total here for this game? Cause it feels like, okay. Divisional rematch outdoor game in December. Uh, it feels a little bit like an under spot, but uh, do you have any thoughts on, on the, the total here? Yeah, our guy Chris on uh, Convince Me gave out the under at that game two weeks ago. That was at 40 and a half. They went to overtime, and he still hit the under. So that yeah. was one of those where it felt like I sold my soul already to yeah. hit an under in this matchup. Um, you're right. This is the right thing to do is take the under in this game. But I'm going to stay away from the total just because of that. That was that to me will be my luckiest under hit of the year, taking that yeah. under in that game. It went to overtime and still hit 40 and a half. So, yeah. Um, no, don't be scared of that number. Don't be scared of Washington here. That's what the bookmakers are trying to get you to do. They're like, we'll make it a big number. The public will be all over the Giants, but it's not. It's not that big of a number where these two teams are just going in very different directions. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. I, I really do think the Giants let that one slip. Like, that was a great spot to catch that Washington team. Washington had been on a five-game winning streak. They were, you know, burnt out. They're about to head into their bye week. The Giants had them at home. They're up seven heading into the fourth quarter. All they needed was a field goal to put that game away, and they couldn't do it. So I feel like the Giants already had their game. They let it slip away, and this is when Washington comes out and just dominates them. Yeah. All right. Last game here to talk about, Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm imagining, um, pro that you are, you will be looking at this game uh, differently than I am looking at. I'll just say, like, I know I know the sharp side. I know the sharp side is the Rams. I know that. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't help myself here. Uh, I am I am on the Packers at minus seven here. Uh, and by the way, I will just say, um, I bet this in the maximal pain, maximal pain here. I bet this in the look ahead market at minus nine. This was oh. before the Rams played uh, on Thursday night football. And I was thinking <laughs> minus nine, there's a chance. Like I thought there was a better chance that this would get to minus 10 than minus seven. And uh, evidently I was wrong because the Rams went and did what they did. And this money uh, has just come in on the Rams. But uh, anyway, I logged it in the betting pros app. Uh, where you can you know, sync up with sports books, you can get free betting advice. We monitor all the major sports books. So when one of them has a line move that hits a threshold you set and you get an alert that tells you where to make the bet at the book that provides the most value. And you can download the app today in the Apple or Google Play Store. So I am on 
I, I mean, I'm on the, the Packers here, and it's disgusting, but there's there's some historical trends here. Sean McVay, 0-5 against the spread and temperature of no more than 40 degrees. And that I know you can relate that to Jared Goff, but that also that tied in to, uh, to Stafford. Stafford 0-2 in that sample, even though Stafford had years of playing in the, the very cold NFC North. Baker Mayfield, 18-33-1 against the spread in all of the years after his you know somewhat magical rookie season. And then for the Packers, this is the Aaron Rodgers like total eclipse smash spot. Aaron Rodgers, a lot of quarterbacks, they they don't overperform as favorites historically. But Rodgers is one of those like rare cats that actually has outperformed expectations as a favorite. 98, 70, and three against the spread for his career as a favorite. At home, 67, 37, and three against the spread. And then off of a bye in the regular season, nine, three, and one against the spread. You line all of that up in this spot. And Rodgers is 4-0-1 against the spread as a home favorite off of the bye. And that, like, I understand, like, small sample trends, but, like, Rodgers is in a spot where historically things have gone well for him. And uh, so, again, I jumped on this early. I know that this line is six and a half, seven in the market, but I still see value. I have this projected at Packers minus nine. And the analysis here is fairly straightforward. The Packers aren't nearly as bad as the Rams. Like say whatever you want about Rodgers, but he's number two in the league with nine multi-touchdown passing games. He's got a good matchup. The Rams are number 28 in defensive dropback EPA. He's got Christian Watson, who's playing like, you know, I don't know, the second coming of Randy Moss. And uh, all of it is just lining up for Rodgers in this spot. And it's a cold weather game forecast of five degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, You know, so Rodgers in that situation playing against a warm weather dome team. I'm fine laying seven with Rodgers at home with eight extra days to rest and prepare for this game. Simon, where are you on this game? And if you have the other side, totally fine with that, but I'll just, I'll burn my money now. No, I was honestly. I came in and I was like, you know what? I, I would take the Rams there just because the matchup with two bad teams. But I feel like you're in line with the pros. I talked to a couple of pros who actually love Green Bay in this position, and they were hoping to get back to six and a half. And as soon as it did, they all hit it and went right back to seven. Makes sense. Like the books, they'll be happy if they need Green Bay in this spot. Like, oh, yes, please, everyone, come bet Baker and this Rams team after they just had a miracle comeback. <laughs> right. I think if you are a person that has all 22 and you watch the film of that game, that was more about the Raiders defense than anything Baker was doing. I know Baker made the throws, but man, was that defense run and executed terribly by that Raiders team. I don't really think we're going to get that here at Green Bay. Like them, especially at home in a prime thing game like this. And we already know there's no Darnold. Like you can run the ball. If there's no Aaron Donald on this Rams team. And the fact that's yeah. what Green Bay wants to do with their two headed monster. I don't even have to put it that much on Aaron Rodgers. To me, Aaron, we need him in the red zone. We've seen he's really stepped up big these last couple of weeks for them in the red zone. And you know, Green Bay, they're one of those teams where it's just the flows of the season. Like, they had that stretch in the middle of the season. I think it was, like, I don't know, say week five to week nine where they pretty much were losing every game. They just could yeah. not get out of their own way. And now we've seen – not that they figure out who they are. You kind of see them turn a corner here, though. They kind of – like, Rodgers, all these guys, they're not as bad as they were earlier in the season. So, you're right. This number probably should be still be up at nine. The fact that Baker came all the way back really shouldn't matter in this matchup just because it's irrelevant to it. So – you know, six and a half, I, I would grab it on Green Bay at seven. I just wouldn't play aside. All right, Simon, thanks for joining us. Tell the people where to follow you on social and find your work. Sure, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Simon Hunter NFL. And uh, 
I mean, I, I don't, I'm not much of a writer, but if you want to find me like the podcast where I'd just say, yeah, the favorites is probably where to check me out. Yeah, definitely the favorites. And then also the, the action app. I mean, you, yeah. you got all of your free picks in there. That's true. I give them out on the action app. <clears throat> all right. He's Simon Hunter. I'm Matthew Friedman at Matt F. The Oracle. Check out betting pros and fantasy pros for all of my work. Best bets, player props, fantasy favorites, player projections and rankings and more. If you like the show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. That is going to do it for this week 15 best bets edition of the betting pros pod. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck and see you next episode.